Hey, Jack Cooper team, I'm Lindley Davis. And I'm Lauren Canterbury. And welcome back to Let's Talk Jack. Before we get started, we wanted to remind you, if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you're notified when a new video is released. As always, thanks for watching. Now let's dive into the next episode. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Jack. There are many responsibilities that go into keeping each terminal running smoothly. Everything from garbage service, fuel, hotel accounts, drivers, shop tablets, and much, much more are managed by our procurement team. That's right. Procurement team is responsible for many things. So first, we'll be speaking with the Vice President of Procurement, Marcus Burns. Welcome, Marcus. Can you tell us what you do and how long you've been with Jack Cooper? I've been with Jack Cooper for about 12, 13 years now. Um, for the last eight, I've worked in procurement. Uh, procurement handles all aspects of negotiation, contract negotiation with vendors, um, and obviously procuring all of the necessary items needed. Um, from tablets, used to be trucks, office supplies, you name it, we take care of it. There's a lot of things you guys are responsible for, huh? Yes. That's awesome. Well, next, I'd like to introduce you to procurement account manager, Taylor LeMaster. Welcome, Taylor. How long have Hi. you been with Jack Cooper? So I've been with Jack Cooper for around seven and a half years. Oh, awesome. That's great. Lucky number seven. <laughs> yes. What are some of the things that you do and what kind of accounts do you manage? Yeah, so I handle a lot of our national accounts, whether that be like the wireless side, so AT&T, Verizon, um, our Pitney Bowes account, also um, the EFS Canadian fuel side, um, drawing a blank. Oh, and all the CentOS accounts. Oh, I'm sure awesome. there's more, but yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. That is awesome. Next, we'd like to welcome the Parts and Inventory Control Manager, Richard Woods. Hello. Thank you for joining us, Richard. Hi. How long have you been with Jack Cooper and what aspects of procurement do you handle? Well, I've been with Jack Cooper. It, it's going on 12 years uh, this year, and uh, I, I work with the, the maintenance vendors and uh, actually anything that uh, gets requested of me, but mo mostly uh, parts and maintenance vendors. You know, um, thinking back to the spring of 2020, the procurement team really stepped up to the challenges that COVID presented. Uh, Richard, can you tell us how you and your team supported terminals during COVID? Yes, we purchased um, masks uh, and nitrile gloves and disinfectant as was required at each location. <clears throat> and uh, we, we tried to, it was a very difficult time because everybody across the country was also trying to buy this stuff. And so, and we needed to get large volumes at reasonable prices. And so uh, that was a, a, a very large focus of, of our work. Absolutely. Um, you were the main point of contact during that entire process uh, for like even on the HR team, you know, so thank you for all your hard work during that time. Richard found us some um, KN95 masks pretty quickly when we needed them. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. And it, they, help, it helps to have good vendors too. Honestly, yeah. it's not all me, but thank you. 
Well, big. I remember you found some big barrels of, of hand sanitizer or something. That so that was interesting. You know, that uh, was. the vendor was sent those out freight prepaid. But what what I didn't think about was the locations that maybe just had one person in the office. They had no way to unload a barrel. And uh, so um, that was quite interesting. It was. I actually went over to the neighbor company and had brought, they brought over a forklift to unload it from the truck. It was pretty cool. That's when you and I started emailing each other quite <laughs> that regularly. Is, that is right. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of COVID, uh, COVID has brought on many challenges. So Marcus, how has COVID and supply chain issues affected your department? Um, it affected us tremendously, um, and, and we're still seeing the effects of it. There's been a lot of delays in certain items. Uh, as you know, on the operations side, uh, the semiconductors uh, are still being delayed at this point. Not as bad as what it was before, but um, obviously that was our main focus uh, for our business. But uh, on the smaller end, uh, all of the products, supplies, it's the same thing. So uh, again, Richard uh, mentioned having good vendors really helps. Uh, and we had that longevity with the majority of our vendors, whether they're national accounts, which the majority of them are, or, or the smaller accounts. Um, they put us obviously at the top of the list. So we were able to maintain and get the necessary orders that was needed. That's great. That is. Another challenge we're, we're facing is the rising price of fuel. Can you tell us a little bit about how the increasing fuel prices are affecting the company? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, fuel has almost quadrupled, uh, definitely has doubled. Uh, we're starting to see it now uh, maintained and that maintained is still double the price. Um, but we still have effective rebates and discounts in place. So that keeps us under the uh, paying $5 per gallon. Uh, so that's been very beneficial for us. But uh, right now it's really important. Um, our drivers do a good job at fueling in network. Uh, we normally run at about 82 to 80 to 82% of primary with uh, the secondary being 12 to 13%. So when you look at it, we're about anywhere from uh, five to 8% out of network, which seems, which is good uh, when you look at it percentage wise, but that out of network still represents about 35,000 gallons a week. Uh, so we've been stressing a lot to the terminals and they've been reaching out to the drivers directly telling them where the fuel we have fuel reports that go out each week that let them know what driver fueled where where they need to go as opposed to where they actually fuel that and they've been very responsive in getting that done because at this point with the prices being so high it's very important to fuel in network uh, same way with the lodging as well uh, to stay in network because of the deals that we have in place uh, because that cost uh, to stay out of network is is so is is a lot higher right now. That incremental cost could be devastating to us during this time. Hmm. We actually have two special guests on. We wanted to get a terminal perspective to talk more about the hotel network. So we have uh, from Fort Wayne. We have Regina Bartram, who's the office manager, and Carhaller Randy Smith. Thank you guys for joining us. 
you. Thank you. So Regina, we'll start with you. Can you tell us uh, what you do and how long you've been working at Jack Cooper? So I've been with the company for nine and a half years and I do a big variety of tasks. Um, I'm not gonna go through it all because we could be <laughs> on here for um, yeah, I do um, dabble in recruiting. I set up new hire orientation, you know, their tablets, field cards, corporate lodging cards. Um, I maintain their logs, drug testing, do accounts payable, manual billing for GM. And That's of awesome. course, Andrew wants me to do. <laughs> Whatever Andrew says, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I know you mentioned you help the recruiting team. You're a huge help to the recruiting team um, and probably could do our jobs better than we do it. But um, with being involved in setting up the new hires, how important has the hotel network been to be able to provide for those new hires coming in? I think that's um, as far as hotel and um, the field book, um, as far as helping them plan ahead of time, you know, their time management, Kind of gets them um, just really um, some place that they know that they can go to and look for and a place to stay. Don't have to struggle looking for something on their own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so thinking back two years ago, uh, most people had the luxury of working from home um, when COVID-19 came, but everyone at the terminals, drivers and, and the terminal staff and mechanics and all the people that work at the terminals still had to come to work. So how um, can you tell us how pro did procurement support Fort Wayne um, in regards to mitigating some of the COVID-19 and some of the stuff you guys had to do on a, on a short, short notice? As far as the supplies we needed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it went pretty good. I mean, we had to the gloves, the masks. Um, we had the spray that we needed to wipe down. We had tons of posters. Um, I thought it went pretty well as far as getting everything here quickly, getting it set up for everyone. You know, the wipes, or we would just go out ourselves, you know, if it was, you know, like short staffed or try and hard time getting them from the vendors so we could go find them ourselves, even at the local stores. Awesome. That's great. And Randy, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us what you do and how long you've been with Jack Cooper? I were here at Fort Wayne. Um, I've been with Jack Cooper for uh, 11 years, uh, 20 total at this terminal. I was an allied driver. Uh, wow. You've been a car hauler for some time then. Yes. Do you uh, have any words of wisdom for new hire just starting out as a car hauler? Yeah, uh, be patient, uh, work steady, and don't rush and plan your trips. Good advice. Patience, that's the seems to be the number one piece of advice. So thank you. So from a from a driver's perspective, how beneficial is it to have a hotel network? Oh, it's great. Very helpful. Um, takes a lot of stress and worry off the driver. Uh, the hotel app is awesome and uh, as well as the fuel app mm -hmm. if you go north up into like the up of michigan getting fuel is very challenging uh, but i've actually heard of drivers that say they don't want to run up there because of it it's a pretty limited network up there it's very desolate yeah um well is there anything that you'd like that um that you would like to see changed with the way for within the within the hotel network 
I've got a couple things that would probably help. Uh, we need more hotels in rural areas. Sometimes you have to drive two hours or better, you know, mm -hmm. from hotel to hotel. And if a guy's trying to utilize his hours, uh, he's either got to stop short or run real hard to get to one. And then uh, if any, any, you know, hiccup at all, he's going to be uh, going over on his drive time. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the, the hotels, I think it might help if we had some sort of uh, rating on the, on the app, on the CLC app, or uh, maybe keep track of the stays that we've stayed there in the, in the past year. Um, if you get to a, a location or a, a city and there's five hotels, um, you don't know which one to, to stay at as far as, you know, cleanliness and things like that. Uh, oh, yeah. And we had paper books years ago. We actually had numbers of stays. So you could look at that hotel, and if it only had three stays in that year, you knew not to go there versus the hotel that had 300 stays. Yeah, those are all great ideas. You know, and I'm glad you brought brought that up. Um, so I wanted to go over, we, we actually have a process in place to be able to add and, and remove hotels from our network. So I was going to, I'll come to you, Marcus. Uh, can you explain what criteria we look for when adding hotels to our network? Yes, um, we obviously uh, look at uh, location. Um, and uh, obviously not every hotel we can add. Uh, a lot of the hotels, um, our trailers can't come onto their property uh, with the low clearance. So uh, we have to make sure that they have the clearance first before we start any process. And then we go into the, the rate, the cleanliness, the quality, things to that effect. Uh, and we do have a report that uh, tracks all of the stays. Uh, that is sent to the terminals. The terminals are able to review that um, because we check on several different items. Um, but uh, we take all of that into consideration when adding a hotel because we don't want to just add a hotel just because of price. Uh, and obviously that won't drive the, the, the hotel being in our network, but we will keep it within our range. But we also want it to be comfortable and clean, obviously. So um, there's certain criteria that we have with corporate lodging. Uh, that's the reason why we have our own network uh, and we have our own app for that that has our network the same with the fuel so that way we don't get a lot of the outside uh, because CLC and our uh, fuel providers they're obviously bigger than what we have on our app but we've con uh, contained it to just be in our network and based off of the amount of stays that we have. And how could a driver go about requesting to add that we add a new hotel to our network? Um, they can go online uh, to Jack Cooper News, and there's a section on there uh, that they can click on for to add a hotel or give comments. Um, and then also the third way, if they if they don't go online, then uh, they can submit a paper request through their terminal, and then all of that gets uh, turned into uh, procurement. Mm -hmm. And they could also, I'm assuming add a complaint to a hotel too if there was something that happened a bad experience at a hotel correct correct okay. yes um and we we receive those and the first thing that we do is uh 
verify that with the CLC to see if there's been any other complaints in the past uh, three to six months that are the same. Uh, and then if, if we find out that there's been two or more of those same complaints within a three month time period, then that's normally when we drop the hotel. Um, our goal is to have at least three hotels in each of the locations where we're staying at. Um, uh, and he mentioned earlier about the rural areas. Uh, it is hard to get the hotels in there, but we, we do actually look for those. Um, they're just few or far in between at this point. Sure. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure that um, people can use that if they don't know, they can use that resource to, to give feedback on the hotels. I want to switch gears a little bit because um, in opening new terminals, um, it's a huge priority to have that transition be really seamless. And Taylor, you're a really big part of that. Um, you help set up new accounts and new vendors. So can you give us some examples of accounts that you've set up and maybe some of the experiences that you've had in helping uh, make that a seamless transition? Yeah, we sit in on those calls and they just kind of let us know like what they're needing. Like for instance, they needed a MiFi setup, so I got them um, connected with one of those so they could have their internet running, whether it be like um, a phone. And to be honest, my whole team, not my team, but our whole team's involved in that because like Caroline does the field card, she does the CLC. Richard, if they have PPE, and then our new member, Haley, if the, if the terminal needs uniforms, they reach out to her. So it's kind of like a group effort. So I definitely don't want to take all the res responsibility or all the oh, praise awesome. for that because it's a 100% a group effort. Well, that's great. You guys work well as a team. So what are some of the challenges you guys face when setting up new accounts and new vendors? What are some of the things that happen? You know, I think it's just getting the ball rolling, getting all those kinks ironed out. Um, billing is usually a big issue that I have to work with. And then it's just maintaining that relationship with the vendor. We want to keep the terminal happy, but we also want to maintain that relationship with the vendor. So that's probably the hardest part, I would say. That's great. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you and your team's effort in that because it does help the terminal. I know sometimes it's like, what's the address? We don't need, we have to start yeah, with basics yeah. <laughs> sometimes. So, uh, Richard, we want to go to you. What would you say are some of the bigger challenges you and your team face on a regular basis? Well, sometimes it's parts availability um, for the older fleet and um, I mean, you know, everything's a challenge. It's just how you approach it. And yeah. I think I think we do really well. We have a tremendous network of parts professionals at, at each of our terminals, and uh, they're they do an amazing job. I've learned so much from them, and uh, uh, so it, it. I wouldn't really call it a challenge. It's just it's just our daily work. Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. So, what is your most favorite part of your job? Working with the parts guys and gals at the terminals, um, it, it is amazing how much I've learned after getting to interact with some of these people. They, they have a, a whole career, some of them are retired now, but um, they have a whole career of, of knowledge and, and they've been really willing to share it with me. So that, that's a tremendous blessing. That's awesome. That's, that's great. Um, all right, so this question is for the entire procurement team. Taylor, I'm gonna start with you. What makes you most proud to be part of the procurement team? You know, when I started here, which was seven years ago, everyone made me feel super welcome. And you don't always find that. And I, I just love that we do something different every day. And I like to think that the work we do helps people, helps the terminals. Um, so that's what makes me excited and happy to work here. Awesome. I love it. 
And Richard, what about you? What makes you proud to be part of the team? Well, I feel like I feel like we do make a difference. I feel like we help people. And that that's what makes me the most proud is that we can we can help people and, and we see the, the end result. Good answer. And Marcus, what makes you proud to be the leader of the procurement team? Um, actually, the obviously the people that I work with, uh, they take pride in what they do. Uh, they make me look good all the time. Um, so uh, I just stand back and kind of point them in the direction they need to go. And then uh, they'll come back with the solutions and go from there. But uh, our biggest task that we have uh, that we look at uh, is every day is a new challenge. Um, you know, we got a lot of processes in place that work, but over time, there's always better ways to do things. And we're eager to learn those ways because we want to be more efficient and, and get the help out to the terminals as quickly as possible so they don't have to deal with a lot of the stuff. That's fantastic. Well, you guys all did a great job. And yeah. as a reward, I know, great job. So yeah. as a reward for making it through the hard questions, we're going to do something a little more fun. Um, I'm referring to the lightning round. Woo -woo. That's right. It's really easy. It's really fun. It's just a few questions that we'll ask you. And it's the first answer that comes to your mind. And yeah, so Regina and Randy, you guys did not get out of the lightning round. So you're a part of it too. So get ready. Um, Regina, we're going to start with you. What are you currently binge watching? She might be thinking. Maybe she's not there. Regina, are you there? We can't hear you if you're talking. What? Okay, we'll, we'll skip yeah. Regina for now. Oh, are you there, Regina? Yeah, can you hear us okay now? Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, yeah, so I have been watching Below Deck. I am oh. on season seven. Oh, I love Below Deck. I've only watched like one season, but it's very dramatic. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Taylor, if you could travel the world for free, where would you go first? Um, I would say Italy. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I don't look Italian, but I'm mostly Italian. So that's why I'm like, I would love to go there. That would be awesome. Take the kids or no kids, you know, just go. <laughs> yeah, we'd probably take the kids. Take yeah. the kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Uh, Marcus, would you rather text or call a person? Um, call. Call. Okay. Old school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, uh, Richard, if you could meet one famous person, who would it be? Oh, a famous person. I was all prepared to say my dad. He wasn't, he was only famous to me. <laughs> well, that can be a famous person too. That counts. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. That's all yeah. I got. That's perfect. We'll say your dad. That's perfect. Uh, Randy, if there was one meal you could eat for the rest of your life, what would that meal be? Might have lost Randy again. Can you hear us? Oh, I can hear you. I would say pizza. Pizza. Okay, that's simple. I like pizza. Awesome. Um, all right, Richard, we're going back to you. If you worked at a circus, would you rather be shot from a cannon or walk across a tightrope? 
Oh my gosh. Well, I guess shot from a cannon, that sounds to me like it'd be quicker death. <laughs> <laughs> it basically you don't actually have to, it's just like one. So, okay, uh, Taylor, are you a cat or a dog person? Dog, definitely. Dog person, do you have any dogs? We do, we have two rescues, so. Oh, that's awesome, that's great. Um, all right, Marcus, what song would you sing at karaoke? I don't do karaoke. <laughs> yeah. But if you did do karaoke, what's up? <laughs> um, if I did do karaoke, uh, I don't know because I wouldn't do it actually. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we I could pick the it. song for you, maybe. <laughs> yes, you could pick the song for me. Okay, I think I would pick like a little "Don't Stop Believing" from Journey. I think that's like a great karaoke song. So, you know, I think I would do Donna Summer. <laughs> yes. I know the Donna Summer song and uh, the uh, "Don't Stop Believing." Uh, my son is learning how to play that on the piano, so I get to hear that a lot these days. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. Make sure you practice. So when we're all going out to karaoke, <laughs> you're ready. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, Richard, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, uh, cherry chocolate chip. Oh, I love, like a cherry Garcia. Man, that's good. That's a good choice. Okay, this is for everybody. We're going to start with Taylor. What's your favorite sports team? Ooh, I'd probably say the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, Chiefs, go Chiefs. Richard, what about you? Yeah, I'm born and bred Kansas City, so it has to be the Chiefs and the Royals. Okay. Marcus? Chiefs, season ticket holder. Oh, well, there, <laughs> that says it all. Done, done. Well, uh, that's great. I will forgive everyone because no one said Braves. I don't know why no one ever said Atlanta Braves, but it's fine. It's whatever. We're only the World Series champions. No big deal. Um, <laughs> Way to rub it in every episode. Well, I only have like a year left to do that. So. <laughs> But you guys did great. That was a great lightning round. I'm pretty sure that was our best lightning round yet. 100%. You guys really? think so? Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. We don't okay. say that every episode either. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for your time today. I really enjoyed learning about how you support operations. You are a crucial part of what makes Jack Cooper successful, and we are very appreciative of everything that you guys do. So for those of you who are listening, thank you again for tuning in to our latest episode. See you next time on Let's Talk Jack. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.